This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. This episode of All Have Another Podcast and all of the episodes in the Chicago Marathon Recap Series are presented by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for five free travel packs plus a year-long supply of vitamin D. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am so happy you are joining us today. We are wrapping up this Chicago Marathon series. We've got three more post-Chicago interviews, including this one. Uh, We've got Teresa Haley here today. Really excited to talk to her. We also have Susanna Sullivan coming up. She was sixth place in Chicago and was the second American to cross the finish line. And then we have Chris Wehrman, who is the founder of the Run Better app and a coach in the Chicagoland area who I got to know over the weekend. So those two are coming up soon as well. But today we have Teresa Haley, and I'm so excited about this. Teresa got her OTQ for 2024 in Chicago, running a 236.40, which was a PR for her. If you go to her Instagram, you can look at a recap. She has one of those really fun, like part one, part two, part three, all the way to part eight recaps of the entire race. I always love reading those. Teresa also ran in the 2020 Olympic trials. She is a part of Wazelle's Run Little Wing Project, and she is an engineer with Boeing. I loved hearing her story, her excitement for training and seeing what she can do in a race. It's going to rub off on you. I love to hear how she's really changed the game for herself mentally and goes into these races with a very confident attitude. The mind can do a lot. And I loved hearing about the way she ran this race, which I think that you will all find super inspiring. You can follow Teresa and learn more about her story when you just go to Running Gingerly on Instagram. That is her Instagram name. Thank you, Teresa, for coming on the show and sharing your story. It means a lot. Friends, if you've been loving these extra episodes, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or where you are listening. This is a huge way for potential new listeners to find us. And uh, we do give away a pair of Gooder sunglasses every single month for new ratings and reviews. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy my conversation with Teresa Haley. All right. I am so excited to bring another post-Chicago marathon episode. Uh, Today on the show, we have Teresa Haley. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk with you. This is so fun for me because I got to see you finish the race. That's awesome. I didn't know anyone at the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You probably don't remember. I don't know how much you were. I read all your recaps on Instagram, but um, I don't know how like with it you were in the last straight away but I straight away but I was going look at you with your OTQ like I was so excited <laughs> oh man I mean I didn't hear anybody but that was just so exciting <laughs> it was so fun to see and you know I talked about this a lot with the girls I was cheering with 
there weren't a lot of women coming in right then, like right before you or right after you. You were like kind of the lone woman for what seemed like four minutes even. Yeah. Well, there was one girl right behind me, English. Um, she and I like worked together from a good chunk of the race and she actually came in like 10 seconds behind me. Oh, she was only 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought that she ran like 243. Uh, no, English ran 236.50. Okay. We might have yeah. just been so excited seeing you coming in that we didn't see her. Sometimes it's hard too because there's so many people coming in and it was a lot of males coming in. And so I was like trying to mm-hmm. spot the females because I knew 237, you, you all were trying to go for the trials time. Yeah. Um, I loved reading your recap about how you and English worked together. Did you know her before the race? No, I actually, it's funny because sometimes um, when I'm racing, I'll look for someone to kind of work with. And after I kind of figure out that we're, we're going to be consistently running together, I'll introduce myself so that I can like encourage them later on in the race. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the case with English. <laughs> So you ran 236.40. Congratulations. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background with running? Um, sure. So I started running in high school uh, just to fill some time while my brother was playing football. Um, I'm the youngest of eight children and six of whom are male. <laughs> so I have six brothers and... Um, we actually were such a big family and we lived so far away from the high school that uh, we weren't allowed to do sports. And then kind of my brother and I, we were the last two. We convinced our parents to let us um, to participate. And yeah, so I started, I did cross country um, my freshman year and then I started doing um, track or I did track my freshman year and then I started doing cross country my sophomore year. And I ran all through high school and I ran through college at the University of Portland. And I was never a standout runner at all. I just kind of middle of the pack, maybe did top seven at cross country. And then after graduating, I kind of looked at like what I want wanted running to look like for me in the future and sort of looked at like the time for all the different the qualifying time for all the different races and distances. And I felt like I could maybe try the marathon and see what happened. And I just, I like absolutely fell in love with it and have been doing it ever since. So that was 20, I graduated in 2011. Okay. I, I read that you had seven siblings. Where does your sister line up? Um, my, my sister was number six. So my parents like kept trying <laughs> until they got a girl. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then they were like, "Oh, let's try again." And then they got a guy, another boy. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, if I could, I cannot count the times people say that to me because you know we have four boys, okay. and I'm like, no, I I don't want any more. Well, actually, I do kind of want more kids, but I'm like, I'm not having another baby for the sole fact of trying to have a girl because there are no guarantees of that. <laughs> um, I find that so interesting. Um, with your upbringing. And I, I will say I have half the kids your parents have. And the more kids you have, it's a really big juggle to do sports and things like that. So um, that is super interesting to me. Yeah. And we were, we were about half an hour from, from, so I grew up in Deer Park, Washington, which is 
half an hour from north of Spokane, Washington. And I went to Gonzaga Prep High School. And yeah, so it was just like, it was not feasible because like all my other siblings too were participating in other things like drama or like choir. So it just like, it was not in the, in the cards. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, so your, your running story, you, Missed the Olympic trials time for the 2016 trials by one second, right? Yes, after the standard was relaxed to 2.45, yeah. And was it 2.47 before that? No, so it was relaxed from 2.43 to 2.45. And okay. And I had 2.45.01. 2.45.01. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tell me – um like the process of that mentally, like how you walked yourself through that. And then how, how much time before the like cutoff of running in the trials did you have? I mean like physical time, like you didn't have time to like jump into another marathon or whatever. I'm trying to think about what year that was. Cause that was, um, that was LA. And I want to say, uh, that was like January or February. They ran the trials. So I didn't, I didn't have really any time to do another marathon just with how I was so new to marathoning, I felt like, and I wasn't able to recover as quickly. So I, I kind of didn't have the mindset to like go and do another one. Um, but basically, I missed the standard. And I went through kind of this process with my coach where we actually did try to see if I could get in. Um, mm. But my gun time was 245 mm. So they said if my gun time were faster, than the standard, then they would have let me, but I wasn't in it. So I kind of just switched to the mindset that, you know what, I didn't make it and it wouldn't be fair. You know, a standard's a standard. You don't, like, it, to me, it's like a hard line. And um, I was I was okay being a second behind and I just was fine going and trying again in four years. Like, it, I don't know. I just love the process so much. Like, I don't want this to be over. Like, I want it to last as long as possible. So mm-hmm. I... I kind of just was like, it's okay. Like, I'll try again. <laughs> Who was your coach then? And is it your same coach you have now? Uh, no. So I, I worked with Rick Lovett. Um, he's he's the Team Red Lizard coach in Portland. I started working with him maybe in 2013. And then um, at the end of last year, I decided that I was ready to, to try something different. And so I kind of was searching around. And now um, as of... February or March, I'm coached by Elliot Heath. Okay. And what's his story? Where's he out of? Um, Elliot, he coaches the Bowerman um, Track Club in Portland. Okay. And he, yeah, so he's in Portland here. Um, I love, I love what you said about like, okay, I just didn't, like, I didn't get the time and like, I'm going to move on and into the next thing and, and try again. And you did qualify at CIM in 2017, the 244.19. <laughs> we have to, you know, talk about when the standard was then lowered after that. But tell us about that experience and reaching that goal for the 2020 trials. Um, yeah. So my friend Lindy and I, like, we had a pact that we were just we were going to try like as soon as that window opened that qualifying window opened we were going to go and get that standard um she had had future plans of of having a child so <laughs> I think that was part of going for it as soon as possible but I had continued training um 
through 2016. And then, um, yeah, I was on track for, I, I had run the, um, I think I ran 27 or 2017 Boston marathon and had a horrible race mm. actually, which is just really disheartening. <laughs> and, um, especially like trying to go in to another marathon later and hoping for that standard. Um, so it's really hard to bounce back from a bad marathon, but I, I trained with Lindy and, uh, we did all of our, our workouts together and we, we had a goal and a plan and we executed it perfectly. <laughs> did you run the whole race together? Um, I don't think so. We, she ran actually, I think she ran quite a bit faster. Um, she's, she was, maybe ran like a 239. Oh, wow. Day. Yeah. She had a good race. It's all kind of a long time ago, though. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I'm getting these, these numbers right. Um, but yeah, she she and I have been, she, we ran at University of Portland together. So we've been, we've been kind of running together for a long time. So you said it's hard to bounce back from a hard marathon. And I think a lot of people feel that. And it's like a real big mental struggle to... Mm-hmm wrap your head around why whatever happened happened and can I get back up and do this again but execute the way I want to execute so I'm curious how did you do that so I feel like I didn't do it as well as I could have um I feel like right now my mental game is just on fire um I did not have the tools back then that I have now uh, for for gaining my mental my mental strength. Um, but I think what happened was I ran a bad race and I, I sat myself down and I was like, I can't, like, I don't want to experience a marathon like this again. Like it was, I think that day my legs just were rock. Like they felt like rocks at like mile 10 on Boston. And I probably went out too fast. Um, and that was my first year getting an elite bib. Mm. And so I was really lonely in the race. So I think I just was really adamant about not recreating that experience. So like at Sam, I like stayed in the pack as long as I possibly could and like worked with people. And it's just, it's like finding those things that, that can turn, like keep you on the positive side and like on a, on a good, in a good mental place um, to compete. So that was kind of like when I started learning like about the mental side of marathoning. Did you work with someone on that? No. (laughs) No, you just like read books or like just kind of was like, I I got to get in this. Yeah. I mean, I have been reading a lot of books, but I think um, I just didn't like where I was ending up coming out of the marathon and it wasn't sustainable to like finish a marathon and like not like I didn't like not having a good race. So I just started working on it myself and like, and then, um, more recently, like the tools that I'm talking about are like, I, I do the believe training journal and I, um, I incorporate a lot of, a lot of things from Kara Goucher's book strong, I think what it's called. And like basically like the month before every, like my last three marathons, I have like completely shifted. Like I'm doing my training but that's like also like my mental training. So I like do a lot of writing and a lot of um, 
like just like focusing of like like the positive things about what's going on in my training. So you're just like filling your mind with positivity. So there's like no room for for self-doubt. Wow, that's so powerful. I noticed that in your Chicago recap because, you know, you started out super conservatively, which, you know, we all should do that. We all know (laughs) that the way to really nail a marathon is to try to negative split or even split. And uh, there's a lot of room for doubt when you do that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to make up all this time at the end. Yeah, I, (laughs) I mean... Honestly, I shouldn't have gone out that slow, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it worked out. And like I negative splitted CIM last year and that's where I was like, man, like the first five miles, I think I ran at 240 pace Okay, and then ended running, I ended up running a 237.33 and I just like after experiencing that, I mean, and that's like you experience it once and then you have confidence that it'll work again. Like if everything else, you know, aligns. And so like when I, when I did start out slow in Chicago, I'm like, it's okay. Like I've done this before. And it's like, you do the math, like, you know, how do I make this up? Yeah, it's doable. Like, you know, I couldn't go out maybe at seven minute pace, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, you just have to kind of build those little, little bouts of confidence and, and think about like all the training that you've done and the miles that you've thrown down on you know 80 mile weeks like you you know you're doing all these workouts and people forget like your workout is basically like the end of a marathon Mm -hmm. not the beginning yeah yeah I think it's just it seems that the biggest struggle is being scared that when push comes to shove and it's time to speed up because you know you have to um you won't be able to right Yep. That's all part of the gamble. It's all part of the gamble, (laughs) but it feels so much better. Yeah. It's going to be hard either way. Yeah. And like I, I probably like right in the middle of the race, like my things were kind of tightening up. Mm -hmm. But as I got faster, like as I was like increasing my pace, my body just started to feel like it felt a lot better. And I felt like I was able to, to grind like through those miles without without even like thinking about it. I'm so curious what your thoughts are about the standard change because you're one of the people that that really affected. You had qualified for 2020, which was 2.45 at the time and and 2.44.19. So you had like 41 seconds there and um, then they changed it to 2.37. So you're really in that that window of people who were like just under that 2.45. So how did you feel about it and what changes did you make to decide I'm going to go for that 237? So I'm one of the people that believes that if you give us that standard, we're going to, we're going to do it. Mm. Like, I don't feel like, like I understand that we need to build and promote like women in distance running and like help, you know, lift these women up. But I also believe that we are all capable of, you know, if we achieve that 245, I believe we're all capable of achieving that 237. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is like the community that we've built and like social media, like getting people, inspiring people and getting people motivated um, to work together to do this. And 
um, like when that 237 came out, like my instant thought was, okay, bring it. Like, mm-hmm. but I also have the goal of like breaking 230. Like okay. that's kind of like my, like right now, my big goal. Um, so when I went, like basically I'd found out about the standard change on a Friday and then I ran CIM on Sunday and that's when I ran 237.33. So I only had 33 seconds to go. Um, whereas the day, you know, the day before I had like five or six minutes to go. Yeah. So it wasn't as scary for me, I think. But I, the reason I believe this is like, I am seeing all these women, like even like just in like Portland right now, who like just went out to Chicago after this pandemic and PR'd in the marathon. Like, I feel like if we all keep working together and supporting each other, like, I feel like we can all get there. I feel like there can be 500 women that qualify for Olympic trials. Um, We just have to keep sharing our stories and like, letting people know that, you know, people who work 40 hours a week, like, you know, and that's, I understand it's really hard when you have children and like to make that time. But I like, I believe if you believe you can do it, like you can do it. How important is the team aspect of this for you having training partners? So I love, I have little wing athletics. So I have those, um, my teammates in Bend and they're all also kind of spread out. There's some in uh, Rebecca's in Seattle, and then Maddie is in the Midwest. And I, I love having them, like just having the support of them. And like, because even though I can't train with them all the time, like we are constantly talking to each other. And it's really hard for me, like out, like during my work week, because I, you know, I start at typically you know six or six fifteen in the morning. And then I don't get off work until probably like 4.30 because I try and run at lunch because that's like the best day, like time of day for me to train. So my teammates, a lot of my teammates have become like my coworkers or, or I'm just running a lot by myself. And I feel like that's super important to have those like solo runs. But on the weekends, I'm always trying to run with people. And like Portland has built such a great community for that. Um, there's like the Rose City Track Club and um, a bunch of other teams that are, we're all like getting together for long runs. And so having, I feel like having those, those people, like those, it's like Portland is also my team. (laughs) Um, I love that. You're like involved in like all the communities. Like it doesn't, you don't have to like just pick one, but I absolutely believe like, it's like the power of the pack is so amazing. And um, a lot of these women went out and trained together this entire cycle, and then they ran together at Chicago, and they all PR'd. <laughs> so, That's so cool. Like, I think it's so important, yeah, having a team. Yeah, and I think that, too, like, letting other people's performances and training inspire you. Mm-hmm. I um I was running with my friend Jess this weekend, and... Man, she has just gone through a lot to get to where she is. You know, she was running pretty fast and then she had some setbacks and had to kind of reevaluate like getting healthy, like fueling her body well and and making sure everything was in the right place mentally, emotionally, physically. And I've seen her like in these last four years just totally rebuild what she was doing. And I mean, 
Saturday she went out and hammered 22 miles with 15 at marathon pace and then ran a recovery run of 14 miles with me the next day during my 20 and was just chatting up a storm and like I mean it was clearly a recovery pace for her and we were I was working like I was working hard and like letting her story and like seeing what she's been able to build to inspire me to want to run faster is such a big piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And that's why I'm sharing my story. Like I, I don't like putting myself out on social media and being vulnerable. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not me at all. But I want to show people that it's like, it is possible. And like, I want people to, like, I'm willing to answer any questions people have about my training. And because it's, this was like totally not expected. This mm-hmm. I I was I'm signed up for sim because I wasn't sure Chicago would even mm-hmm. pan out. So um, I'm like I want to help people achieve this goal or any of their goals, and I'm like totally willing to help or answer any questions people have about it, <laughs> my training and stuff. Yeah, you had COVID and had like a shorter buildup. Are you? still gonna run CIM just for fun um I don't think so I don't know do people I, your speed run marathons just for fun <laughs> I as actually it wouldn't even maybe not it wouldn't be for fun but maybe to help other women achieve the standard oh, like fun. Actually, that's kind of like what I was thinking if I do go um but I'm gonna I'm just gonna kind of play it by ear and see how the next few weeks go um hand out with getting back to running yeah like you would pace them for a certain amount and then just kind of finish on your own however you feel at the end given that you're recovering from Chicago yeah maybe (laughs) that would be really cool that would be so cool all right friends I want to thank athletic greens for supporting this series they are a big reason why this series was even possible and I gotta tell you I was a late adapter to Athletic Greens. I've been hearing about them forever. I started taking AG1, which is their main product, six months ago, and I'm fully all in. I normally would drink like eight or 10 ounces of water before my coffee anyway, because I know I need to rehydrate in the morning. So now I just drink that water with Athletic Greens, and I love knowing that I'm getting key nutrients for my day with that water. And it's crazy how the way you start your day trickles into the rest of your day. The truth is I eat a balanced diet most days. At least I try. But there's insurance in the AG1 in my system. I know I'm getting these 75 high-quality whole food source ingredients carefully curated to nourish my body's systems. And it's great for gut health. And the last thing I'll say is I have noticed a huge energy increase and I'm drinking less coffee than ever before. Now I love coffee. I'm still going to have a hot beverage, but I'm drinking less of it. So sometimes I'll replace that with decaf tea in the afternoon. I'm just feeling like I'm not craving the caffeine like I used to. The good news is you all can get five free travel packs plus a year long supply of vitamin D when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-A-N-D-S-E-Y. Check it out and let me know what you think. All right, back to the show. How did you gain 
that confidence that we talked about knowing, hey, this wasn't exactly the build I thought I was going to have. Um, yeah, so it, I, it's like officially didn't feel confident until like the day before the race. Wow. <laughs> I, so I kind of spent August getting back into running and workouts. And then I went to Bend to train and I had a lot of really good workouts with my teammates, but there were some like hiccups here and there, like where just a workout just didn't feel good and I couldn't finish it or I, I had a really tough workout right before I left Bend and then it resulted in like a really tight quad mm. that became like my forced taper. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, going into the, the race, I felt kind of like the, the week leading up, I was like, I think I can do thir- two, like I want to try for 237 and see what happens. But then really it came down to my conversation with my coach and just me saying, I think I, wa- I want to try for 237 and him saying, I think that's the right thing to do. And I think you can do it. It was so having that confirmation from him solidified that, okay, I'm going to go for it. Like, because he's seen my training, he he knows my fitness, and I trusted that, like, he would never lie. Mm. <laughs> like, he wouldn't say it if he didn't believe it. So, yeah, I think that was, it was, like, the day before is when I, like, fully decided, okay, I'm going to do this, and it, it worked out. <laughs> so, what did you tell yourself when it did get physically hard? Um... In the race? (laughs) Yes. Like, what mile were things starting to feel, like, tough? Like, okay, like, this is it. This is what we've trained for. And what did you tell yourself in those moments? Yeah. So I'm trying to think. So, like, the hardest part, like, the most physically horrible I felt during the race was I got a stomach cramp. Mm -hmm. And that always, man, I'm, like, very susceptible to those. But I was able to kind of breathe through it mm-hmm. and get rid of it, fortunately. And then it's kind of weird this time, Lindsay. I didn't really get negative. And I like normally what happens is I start to get negative and I'm like, choose a snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then but this time around, like I had like, pre-planned that I was going to dedicate certain miles to certain people. So like I kind of like constantly had like positive things like rolling through my head and my body never really like got to a place where I was like I don't think I can do this anymore like it just like I felt really strong the entire race which I've never experienced like ever wow (laughs) um and so like the most like negative I got is like when the guy who was pacing me Anton yeah (laughs) he like started pulling away Uh I was like Hey, get back here. Why are you <laughs> <saving> me? <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like normally what happens is I, I start to get, you know, into a negative mind mindset and then I'll like start pulling out my mantras like you're fit, fast, focused, relaxed, fit, fast. And I just kind of like run like breathing through my mantras. But I didn't even like don't even think I went into my mantras this time around. Like I was just so like the miles were flying by. And I think the one thing I do remember doing is like when I 
kind of start to feel like I'm getting like I'm tired or, or, or feeling like a little worn down, I'll voice positive, like I'll voice encouragement to the other people around me. Mm. And so I do remember like English and I were just like bouncing back and forth with encouragement. Like I would say something and then she would say something and I would like, she would like, she was like, you got this Teresa, you got like, it was Mm. so fun to kind of like have that with her. And I feel like we were just like using each other (laughs) to, to keep going. So that was, I do remember that part. That was good. (laughs) That's so awesome. Did you say fit, focused, relaxed? Did I miss a word in there? I do. I go, um, fit, fast, focused, relaxed. Ah, get fast in there. We need that one. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of that has to has to be contributed to two things that all that self-belief practice you do, you've worked up to beforehand, but also like really that negative split. I mean, you never got yourself into trouble because you never went out too hard. Um, yeah. What's your advice to someone, though, who finds themselves in the situation where they're like, well, maybe that was a little too slow. I got some time to make up. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I think don't focus on the mile. Like for me, don't focus on the miles. Like don't, like I barely looked at my watch and I feel like at some point you need to trust your body and go. Like I feel like maybe I looked at probably every other mile. And, okay. But like I wasn't, splits. yeah, but I wasn't using it as feedback at all like it wasn't creating a reaction in my mind Mm. I was just seeing the split on my watch and then I like I would keep going so yeah I feel like if you are in a situation where you go out too slow like there's a lot of time to make up and you know with a it's kind of funny it's like you go out 40 or yeah 40 seconds too slow that's two seconds per mile that you get to make up. Like it's don't think of it as like, Oh my gosh, I need to run 40 seconds faster on one mile. Like you have a lot of time in a marathon. So kind of like ground yourself. And like, even in the last mile, I made up 10 seconds. Like it was amazing. I wasn't expecting that. And a lot of us do training that's faster than our marathon pace. And like, as my coach said, like, you have those miles in your legs. You can pull them out when you need them. So like kind of think about those miles that you've run in workouts and like know that they exist in your body and like your body can do it. I love that. Know that they exist in your body. That is good. (laughs) That's so good. Um, Teresa, tell us a little bit about your job. You're an engineer with Boeing. Yeah, uh, so I work in Portland, Oregon, and I'm I'm a tool engineering lead. So I've kind of been in this position for um, a lead engineer for four years now. Uh, we so we design and fabricate all of the tooling to support production for fabrication of airplanes. So we mostly do a lot of tooling to support fabrication of like wing structures and actuation systems in um, in Portland. Um, and then, so like as a tool engineering lead, I kind of, I like do a lot of like the work management and I like check engineering drawings and, you know, site buyers out in the, on the production floor. Um, like when a machine crashes, I get to go see if the fixture will still make a good part, <laughs> mm. that kind of stuff. But yeah, I've been at Boeing for 10 and a half years wow. and 
yeah, it's been been a wild ride. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, so you can can you help me like not be scared of flying? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there are so many redundancies in an airplane. <laughs> Let me just tell you, getting in your car every day is way more unsafe than I flying. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, it's true, but for some reason, just the lack of control, it just, I don't know, even though you still don't have that much control in the car, the lack of control in a plane where I'm just sitting there, I just, I really have to work on that every single time. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the safest form of transportation. So just know that. <laughs> um. So what got you into engineering though? Um. So a few of my brothers are also mechanical engineers. And so I, when I applied to University of Portland, I actually got recruited to go running at the University of Portland. Okay. And was not sure what I wanted to do. I liked math and physics, um, but I wasn't like great at them. And I think I could get a scholarship for engineering. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just try that. Because <laughs> uh, there were not a lot of female engineers. Yeah. So they were- like scholarships for for that so I got into it and then I discovered like this is so much fun I joined the Baja team so like three my first three years of college I was on a team um the SAE Baja which is um you build like a off-road vehicle and then you compete in a series of events like a there's like a rock crawl and a acceleration and endurance um, and then you had to do like a, like, there's like a part of it where you do like a marketing, you have to market your product. <laughs> and so I did that for three years and I was, you know, I was like welding in the shop in all hours of the night. Oh my <laughs> gosh. School. Um, using a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I didn't know I wanted to do the engineering. And then when I started, I was like, this is, this is the right thing for me. So super hands-on and um, I really liked having like that other, you know, besides running, having something else, um, that I was like passionate about. What is it like being a female in a male dominant space like that? Um, well, <laughs> I really, it's not bad. I just, I do suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. a lot, yeah. uh, in this line of work and it's really, especially like you know, working in production, like in manufacturing, um, there's just a lot of people who are set in their ways and it's, mm. it's difficult to, to be a like strong female lead. And, um, I've grown a lot, but it's, it's like imposter syndrome, like doesn't stop coming back. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been good though. I, I lead a team of 15 engineers and then, I have, we have like one female on our team, one other female. Wow. There's a few of us. (laughs) But it's so important for young women to see females in the industry because otherwise they might think, oh, that I can't do that or that's not for me. Yep. Yeah. And I've been, I've kind of made a point like earlier in my career, I would like go to career fairs and like we were, um, I'm part of the, the women in aviation group. And they sometimes will go and do events for, like, girls in aviation day. So it's just kind of, like, girls can, like, come and talk to you about, like, what you do for your job. And we do, like, fun events for them, like, games and stuff. 
Do you have interest in, maybe you have this already and I don't know, but do you have interest in getting your pilot's license? I would consider it, but not, probably not something I would pursue. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what were your biggest lessons from Chicago? Honestly, like believing in myself, like this is, this is such a amazing journey that I've been on and I absolutely would not be able to do this if I did not have the confidence in myself and in my body. And one of the like things I wanted to talk about, um, like another post that I wanted to do after like my series is talk about like self love. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people do not love themselves enough or don't say it enough. And it's not like, I feel like that's something that like I've done a lot more recently and maybe it's something that came from the pandemic, but I like, you have to love yourself before you can like allow it to like give it its all. Like, so I, I think that um, Chicago kind of like helped me see that a little bit more. And like, especially with like the short training cycle and just like having so much gratitude for my body and like what it's capable of. That's so good. Yeah. When we replace the feelings of insecurity and fear with gratitude, that helps so much. Yeah. Um, all right, Teresa, we always wrap here with end a podcast and you haven't been on the podcast yet. So we have to hear your answers. <laughs> what is something professionally or personally you like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, so I actually want to take break dancing lessons. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I like, I love dancing so much. And, um, I've like, I can like do some ad hoc day, uh, break dance moves, but it's, it's something all, it's like all self-taught, but I like want, I want to go and actually take dance lessons. Like that would be so much fun. <laughs> you totally should. <laughs> they had break dancers at the expo at Chicago. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was like, well, I mean, it would have ha happened to have been like that odd chance that that one thirty minutes you were at the expo. I don't even remember which day it was, but um, <laughs> I just because I was doing stuff on the stage there. And so I had like the lineup and I got to watch them and it was kind of fun. Ah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I've never seen this at a race expo. What a cool addition. So interesting. <laughs> Maybe next Chicago Marathon, you can come and be on the breakdancing team. <laughs> well, no, you got to do the party after. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in the, po you're going to run the, run like a 235 and then go to the, the post party and breakdance. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um. So I just finished. Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir and it was pretty good but I didn't like how it ended <laughs> really but I don't read a lot of I don't have a lot of time to read books so that one I can't say it was the best but <laughs> yeah it was the most recent book I read but I'm really excited I'm gonna do a little plug for Allison Desir my book uh Running While Blacklist just shipped yesterday so I'm very excited to read that book 
Yes, I think everybody's excited and it's been fun to see her making the podcast rounds. And Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to actually read that book for our book club in Relay as well. So yeah, really excited about that. Um, What's next? Who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Honestly, I think I'd like to have a beer with Molly Seidel. (laughs) Heck yeah. I think it would be so fun to talk to her and get to know her. She's such a fun person. (laughs) I agree. Um, And then what is the last message you would like to leave with our audience today? I would say live with joy and love yourself. (laughs) I love it. Live with joy and love yourself. Go do it, friends. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Teresa, for coming on the show. You all can find Teresa on Instagram. She is running gingerly over there. I would love to connect with you. I am lindsayhine626 on Instagram and at lindsayhine on Twitter. We also have a great Facebook group where I'd love to connect with you. It's just called I'll Have Another with Lindsay Hine. Friends, I hope you've been enjoying this Chicago series. Don't forget to check out Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for those five free travel packs plus a year-long supply of vitamin D. It's a game changer. It's been a game changer for me. I hope it will be for you. Leave us a rating interview if you've enjoyed this podcast and this series that we've been doing. I'm so grateful you're here. We will see you tomorrow with an episode with Coach Chris Wehrman. Have a great rest of your day.